All right, today on the Win Daily Show, I have Sia Najad, Win Daily fantasy sports writer, 20-year fantasy vet, has appeared on CBS Fantasy Football today, uh, cashed out at the World Series of Poker. Congrats on that one, man. Sia, how are you doing today? Thank you, Michael. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a part of the team, man. This is, this is the easy ones, right? I don't have to do too much. All I have to say is, hey, man, we're doing this thing. You want to come on? Of course, you're going to say yes. So first question I have for you today, Sia, is what does it mean to you to win daily? So it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I actually heard your uh, interview with Jason and, and Javi, and um, I, I, ha- I hate to sound cliche or redundant, but I have to reflect a little bit of, of particularly what Jason said. I mean, like a positive energy, a positive vibe. Um, you know, one of the big things with me, whether it comes to DFS or sports betting or even poker, um, you know, I feel like you have to celebrate other people's success like they're your own and vice versa. And, you know, that's sort of how I've, I've found my friends and my family, whether it be Win Daily or my actual family or, you know, my friends. Like I, I really infuse positivity in people's lives and I hope that they do the same for me. And so when it comes to Win Daily, one thing when I talked to Jason initially, when I first met him, one thing he really talked to me about was, you know, we don't want to just be like a, a, D, a classic DFS site where we're just kind of giving picks and things like that. We also want to be other things, for example, like a lifestyle brand and things of that nature. That's what really caught my attention. And so when it, when, to answer your question, what it means to win daily, like just being positive, kind of, kind of going beyond transcending daily sports and trying to like inject some lifestyle, some, some really positive attitude. Uh, that's, that's what it means to me. I love it, man. And we're, we're all on the same page there. And don't worry if you're being, you're not being cliche, you're not being redundant because everybody, you know, Jason has assembled this team of people in that way. Everybody has that positive mindset. Everyone's trying to give value, give back and help others, which I think is really important. And as you said, you know, that's why, you know, we're starting this interview series where we get to talk about people and and what you do outside of sports, because yes, we're here to help everybody make money. That's not a question. That's, that's our number one priority. We want to help you win, you know, get takedowns and fantasy. We want to help you make some good picks when it comes to betting, but also, you know, we want well-rounded human beings. You know, we, we have attracted a group of people to work here at the Win daily team. And we've attracted a similar group of people to become subscribers and join this community and this tribe. And um, it's no surprise that it's all, working in the right direction. Now, hopefully sports comes back sooner rather than later so we can start helping people outside of esports and all these regular sports that we love so much. So um, tell me a little bit about your fantasy uh, you know, experience. As I said, 20-year vet, I have phantazzle.com written down here. I mean, whoever came up with that name, I guess, you know, kudos to them. But uh, tell me a little bit about your, your experience and kind of how you got into this, into this crazy world. So interesting thing about Fantasle, it was approximately 2008, uh, a friend of mine from James Madison University actually came out with, believe it or not, daily fantasy sports. This was before, way before the time of DraftKings and FanDuel, and it was fully operational. The problem was at the time, I don't think he had really navigated how to you know, circumvent the United States laws and that nature, and so he was living offshore. And eventually, after a couple of years, he actually ended up selling it off to a different company, not DraftKings or FanDuel, but, but a different company. In fact, I think if you, if you log on to Fantasle, the actual, the link still exists. But the short of that is I was actually a writer for Fantasle for approximately a year. I was an NFL contributor for that. So it's interesting to be on sort of the front end. And when I was on the front end, I didn't even realize sort of where I was. You know, nobody really knew where they were. Nobody really knew what, what that space uh, was. But yeah, 20-year veteran, um, I'm really big into year-long fantasy sports along with daily fantasy. I've had a lot of success, and that's 
sort of just kind of word of mouth, believe it or not, is what's gotten me on to CBS Fantasy Football today. It's gotten me mentions on the, the Dan Levitard show. Uh, it's just been a crazy last few years for me in that regard. I have a lot of really big leagues, uh, one of which we actually fly to Vegas the day before the first game, uh, that Thursday night kickoff game. We fly to Vegas that Wednesday. We draft that Wednesday night. So needless to say, I take this very seriously. I'm the guy that's literally watching film in the offseason to make sure I'm more prepared than others uh, with respect to you know drafting and things of that nature. So I, I live I live NFL. I absolutely love uh, PGA DFS as well, and I'm I'm watching that Thursday to Sunday. So that's sort of my the, those are my two wheelhouses. I love it, man. That's awesome, and kudos to you. And and it is always very interesting talking to people. And I spoke with a couple people already that kind of have been in the industry for a while, and especially on the forefront of the DFS part of it, because you really had no idea what was coming. I mean, now it's absolutely gigantic. However many millions and millions of dollars are, are funneled through these sites on a daily basis is incredible. And I guess like when, when you were doing it that long ago, as you said, you really didn't know what was happening, but did you have an inkling that like, you know, maybe it wouldn't get to as big as it is, or you didn't think, you know, DraftKings would become the number one advertiser in America that one year. But, you know, did you kind of see like, okay, this, this makes sense. I love season long. If I can just do a season long every day, like why not? It completely made sense. The problem way back then was, in, in, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm an attorney uh, licensed in Virginia and Florida. At the time, I was a licensed attorney in Florida. And as an attorney, it, I, I wasn't in the space where I could, I could give advice or figure out how we were going to circumvent or navigate these like non-gambling laws. So uh, while I liked the idea, I wasn't sure it was going to be brought over here until gambling was going to be made legal, which, by the way, is going to happen pretty much in all states in the next few years, most likely, with maybe a couple holdouts. But, yeah, I, I, the daily fantasy sports is, is so perfect, especially for our current culture where maybe attention spans aren't quite as long for, for year-long fantasy. And, of course, I still adore year-long fantasy, and I know a lot of other people do as well. But, you know – when you have that injury in, in week three to a couple of your superstars, where can you turn? Well, there, there's, that's where Daily Fantasy Sports comes in. But now it's also become kind of a cash cow for a lot of people. It's, it's actually become, I know you've already talked to Javi, it's actually become like an amazing source of income for people who are really good at it. And that's sort of where Win Daily comes in. And that's sort of, you know, we're trying to navigate that terrain for people who might not have the time or the expertise or frankly, the discipline to figure out, you know, where they need to be in, in this space. And so that's, um, that's sort of what, what I like to contribute. That's sort of where, where I'm trying to uh, carve my space out here. And we appreciate you there, man. Um, you know, we'll take all the insight from lawyers and, and doctors and business executives we can. I, I'm, all, I'm all for it, man. And, and with that in mind, um, you know, I am, I'm, yeah, we all kind of got into fantasy sports through season long, right? That's how, that's how I started. That's how pretty much every started. Very few people have I talked to that started fantasy sports through DFS. Most of it has come through season long. And, you know, I'm a huge, you know, that we have a, a nice fantasy football league we've been doing for about 10 years now. But one thing I've found is baseball is probably one of the harder ones, you know, one of these, you know, every single day, basketball and hockey too, but mostly baseball. And I think that's where a lot of people really enjoy the opportunities because with baseball, you have to do it every day. You have to be there. And I know your PGA and your NFL, but even in NFL, you know, your first and second round picks get hurt, man. Your season's done unless you're just a hawk on the waiver wire or something's going on. So I do think that there is a awesome niche. And, and really, I mean, it's much more than a niche now with fan daily fantasy and just kind of, again, getting to, to pick your brain on what it's been like from the beginning, uh, I think is really cool. So you brought it up um, 
very, very slyly. You kind of slid it in there. Yes, you were on the Dan Lebertard show. You might have been mentioned there. Yeah, you might have been uh, on CBS Fantasy Football today. So how do you even, you know, as you said, it was through word of mouth. It was through, you know, your expertise coming out and, you know, spreading that around. But how do you actually go about finding and getting those opportunities? Those just don't come to every smart person that talks about fantasy football. Yeah, so that's sort of the tough part. But I think the easy lesson in, in how I got there is, you just have to keep working at your goals. And again, it, it, almost, it almost sounds preachy, but I'm telling you, if you continue to be positive and you continue to work at your goals, by the way, your goal might be this one thing and you might figure out along the way that you have achieved a completely different goal that is either just as good or even better. So if you're into daily fantasy sports or fantasy football or really anything, as long as you keep working at it and you don't wake up in the morning, you're like, ah, oh, you know, maybe this isn't for me, maybe this won't work out. If you literally keep working out, which, which I kept sort of grinding away with fantasy football, I kept sort of trying to contact the right people. Listen, I don't have a direct line to Dan Levitard and I don't have a direct line to, to CBS Sports, but as you sort of keep chipping away and maybe contact some people or make friends here or make friends there, and then you start to sort of build your resume, you come to find that like either people will come to you or through your work, you'll stumble upon those people that you wanted to contact in the first place. So the, the real point is, you cannot give up on whatever your goal is. Just keep working at it and you'll come to find eventually that playing the long game with respect to your goals is going to have a payoff. A hundred percent of the time, it will have a payoff, whether it's daily fantasy sports or something bigger than that. A hundred percent. And we always want to make sure that, that there's, there are bigger things in most people's lives than daily fantasy sports. Maybe I'm not supposed to say that on the daily fantasy sports podcast, but at the same time, I mean, we all do understand that there's so much other things that are going on in our life. Obviously today with what's going on with the pandemic is, is kind of a drag, but so um, in your, your other life, if I may, um, you, you're a lawyer, as you already stated, you're registered or, or um, whatever the word was in, in Virginia and licensed in Virginia and Florida. Um, I know you work for a pharma company, just like our other friend, Tenacious David Jones, Tenacious mm-hmm. Narrative David Jones. I can't remember whatever Jason calls him. Um, so what, <laughs> like, I know you were actually part of the high profile NFL concussion case. I mean, that's incredible. What, what role did you play within that? And how, how many times did you get to sign your name? And how many times was your name in that paper? So it's interesting. So uh, because of my contacts at CBS, and, and again, a lot of that was just being positive and having good energy and just sort of creating those contacts out of, I don't want to say thin air, but, but you know, just, just the, the vibe and the energy, like I was able to sort of um, become friends with some of the people at CBS. Now they knew I was a lawyer. Uh, they knew I was really interested in the NFL in particular, and they actually, co- they actually contacted me for commentary on the concussion lawsuit. So it's, it's, really, it's really cool because you could you know, Google my name and, for example, concussion lawsuit. And, and the first thing you'll probably see is an article with me sort of interpreting what the judge had to say. If you recall, there was, there was an initial settlement, and it was for a lot of money. And then everybody came back to the table, and basically the, uh, the judge said to um, the NFL – listen, I don't know where this number came from, but you need to go back and look at it again because I don't think it's sufficient. So that's sort of where my commentary came in, and it was, it was a really cool opportunity. I also contributed to a piece for CBS uh, relating to Tiger Woods. There was a potential uh, defamation case that was going to come from Tiger Woods to Brandon Shambly, which if you've read any uh, headlines lately, he's sort of got himself in a little bit of hot water lately. Uh, he's just a golf commentator, but long story short, I was able to contribute there as well. So it's been a really fun ride. I mean, the last, you know, five, six, seven years, I've been able to contribute on, on that end. Uh, like I said, I, I was a trial attorney that has sort of helped me sort of blossom and, 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 and navigate uh, some of this and, and get to, to some of these platforms where I've been able to kind of 
um, you know, you know, speak. But uh, yeah, no, the the attorney part has been has been interesting. I've got a lot of sports opportunities through that, like like you mentioned with the Tiger Woods thing and the NFL concussion lawsuit. And honestly, I, I hope for more because frankly, I'm still licensed in Florida, and people sometimes come to me for legal advice, whether it's in the sports realm or not. So I'm happy to contribute on that end for sure. That is awesome, man. And with with that, anytime someone hears about a lawyer that wants to work in sports, one question that normally comes to mind is agent. Now, I know trial attorney and agent are not the same thing, but was that ever any interest to you? Yeah, actually, that was my initial interest. Like, like, a lot of, like you said, man, a lot of lawyers that are interested in sports, that's the first thing. And what you come to find, um, so speaking of lifestyle, so you have to make a decision early in your career, whether it's you know, wanting to be an agent or a lawyer or a doctor or, or, or in sports, you have to make a decision, what lifestyle do I, do I wanna have for the next 30, 40, 50 years? By the way, that's why I'm, I'm not a practicing attorney anymore because I didn't wanna have that, that attorney lifestyle, the, the lifestyle that I saw through my eyes, I didn't wanna have that for the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Well, when it comes to an agent, I didn't wanna have that lifestyle either, frankly. So it, there, there was a couple things sort of working against me. For one, if you wanted to join a, a big firm, a big outfit, uh, you really needed to bring something to the table via athletes, potential athletes that you could kind of bring on so that you have like added value for that agency. So A, I didn't really have that. I might have had like some breadcrumbs with respect to that, but nothing major. And B, the, the lifestyle, the traveling, there's just, unfortunately, it's just an underhanded world. And, and it's just not something a guy who, who has already told you how positive I am and the, the energy I try to bring and the vibe I try to bring. That's not the world for me. So I found out really fast through talking to some agents, actually, who gave me really good advice uh, that maybe that's not the track for me. So I sort of abandoned that early on. And that makes sense. I, you know, that's the one thing when we hear about in sports, you know, the, the cutthroat nature of it, as you said, the underhanded world, it's always with sports agents, that's always the first or, or the second example that people give you when they're talking about that side of the sports world. I've been able to talk to some incredible, incredible people in the industry. Um, you are now included in that list, so I appreciate you see it. And, uh, you know, just the, the it, it is an overwhelming industry of positivity. It's an overwhelming industry. You've given so much value, and that's how you find these connections. As you said, you didn't create them out of thin air you give significant amounts of value. You give a significant amount of positivity and like attracts like. Positivity attracts positivity and that makes you a more coveted person to come on these shows, to, to comment on these you know, incredible, I mean, high profile is probably a better way of saying it, cases uh, such as the NFL, such as with Tiger Woods and Mr. Shambly, who I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's a whole, that might be another story. No, you know, I don't really have an opinion on him. I mean, as far as the defamation was concerned, that particular case, he just said something about Tiger that was just blatantly not defamatory. And Tiger wielding his, you know, his sword wanted to sort of kind of like have a soft threat over there. And so, you know, I, you know, Brandon Shamley's just the guy who talks, you know, it's not, he, he, yeah. I don't, I don't have an opinion on him one way or the other, but, but in that particular case, he, he happened to be right. And so I had, uh, I had something to say about that. I like that. I like that. And then so with uh, so obviously a lot of us have played uh, NFL DFS or NFL fantasy sports as uh, talking about golf a little bit. When when did you find out like did you did you start in golf in season long too? Because I remember, you know, a couple years ago, that was a thing. I assume it's much more towards the DFS side. Now I, I do not play it because I don't know enough about it. I watched the Masters, which it would have been today. Uh, today would have been <laughs> the second day of the Masters, which is kind of a drag. But how did you kind of fall into the, the golf world as well? So that was not season long. That, that, that started with DFS. It actually started a few years back with friends of mine who were already into, like you said, season long golf. And they're like, hey, you need to check out DFS golf because, you know, the cool thing about DFS golf that is so unique from any other sport. And honestly, 
personally, I think it's the most fun DFS activity to engage in because it's a four-day event. So even if you don't have all six of your guys make the cut, you can still cash a five out of six make it these days with the, the cut line being at 65. But the point is, that is, you know, you can enter a single entry $12 contest, and that is a four-day sweat for you, potentially. Frankly, for half the field, it's a four-day sweat. So what better way, you know, with the NFL and baseball and NBA, like the NHL, whatever it is, esports, LOL, um, you have this, this, you know, this almost uh, instant gratification, which is fine. But for those people who just kind of want to see it, you know, over the long haul, a four-day bet is fantastic. So I'll tell you my first success. So I was in a lot of private groups, and, and I would recommend that to people because it kind of tells you how you measure up against the field. Listen, you're going to enter the millionaire, millionaire maker with 300,000 people for the Masters. You're, you're basically throwing $20 away if you're not using 150 lineups and an optimizer. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but you need to measure yourself with an adequate barometer. And that might be against your 10 friends or your 20 friends or a single entry or three max tournaments that might only have 20,000 as opposed to 200,000. So what I did, my first six, taste of success, believe it or not, it was a $3, this is, you know, three, four years back. It was a $3, I believe it was 68,000 entry field. It wasn't a single entry. I don't, re I don't remember what the, it might've been a 20 max entry. And so I'm on a plane to go to Brooklyn and I noticed I'm about, you know, 80th place, which by the way, was like, you know, 25 bucks. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, not bad. You know, yeah, what's the math on that? I'm almost, you know, 10 times my money there. So whatever. I get on the plane. It's a JetBlue flight to Brooklyn. And I look down at my phone after the tournament is over, just assuming I've cashed 25, 30 bucks. And it's 5,000. I finished in second place on a $3 entry out of 68. And I was like, man, no, of course I, I wasn't, I didn't say to myself, this is easy. I'm going to dominate this sport now. But you know, it, it really sort of attracted me to the bet because I had been I had been tracking that bet for three and a half days and here I have a payoff. So I started to really get invested. I listened to a ton from that point forward. I listened to a ton of podcasts. I, I try, you know, one of the things I try to do is I try to get as much information as possible and weed out the bad information from the good information. I've been doing that in golf ever since. And there's a lot of bad information out there or information that's frankly not relevant for that given week. And if you can do that and you can navigate that, you're going to be really successful in uh, daily fantasy golf. So yeah, I I picked up uh, DFS from the beginning, and as opposed to year long, and I've been I've been cruising ever since. And I you, that that's a great story, by the way. I mean, coming off a plane making five grand has to be an awesome feeling. I've never been able to do that. So hopefully, my next flight, whenever that is, uh, I'll make sure to get <laughs> one of these sweats in with yeah, and we'll see how it goes. But you, you make a really interesting point. You know, weeding out good information versus bad information, especially when you're starting in uh, you know DFS in general or any of these fantasy sports. How do you know what good information is versus bad information? Because it's all coming, a lot of it's coming from credible sources. A lot of it is coming from these places, as you said, podcasts, articles of, again, credible people in the industry. So how do you know, especially in the beginning or really even now where you're at, what is good information versus bad information? Well, well, two things. So one, you, you kind of just come to learn where the good information is coming from, from, from a source standpoint. You kind of mm -hmm. know who to lean on, who, who's there for entertainment and who's there to actually give you the really good information. Um, outside of that, you know, there's a lot. So I've been, you know, I got to be careful with how I say this, but I've been sports betting for over 20 years as well. Um, and, and I'll couch that in, in its, its most proper terms. I've been giving sports betting advice for over 20 years. So with that in mind, you really come to realize that there's people out there that give you information for betting that frankly is just not that relevant to the bet. Let me give you an example. Let's say, um, let's say in NFL, the Jets are playing the Patriots and, and there's a stat that, you know, the, 
Patriots is a bad example because they've been so good for so long. But let's just get, let's say the Jets are playing the Redskins. And there's a stat that the Jets have beaten the Redskins the last 12 times at, you know, MetLife Stadium, you know, when it's at, 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 uh, during Thursday night games, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And like, there are actually people that will lean on that statement, smart people that will lean on that statement, that will text their friends and say, oh my gosh, 12 in a row, like you can't, you, you can't beat those odds. And meanwhile, it was a completely different team. It was a completely different set. So you find that in DFS golf. You find that in fantasy um, DFS, uh, you know, NFL DFS. And you find people kind of relying on trends or, frankly, just relying on data, whether it's strokes gain data that really isn't really relevant for this particular tournament. Um, or they're just invested, they're overweight on certain players that, like, they just shouldn't be overweight on because they're not very hot coming into the tournament or, or whatever the case may be. So once you really start listening and once you start really kind of winning and losing and seeing how, how the advice is actually playing out, you really learn pretty quick how to and, – and for the record, that's sort of what Win Daily is for. You know, that, you know for, for the casual observer or, or for, the, for the member, the Win Daily member or the, the prospective member, like that's what we do. We, we try to phase out the bad information, whether it's Javi writing his article or Tenacious D. Jones or, or myself, uh, Phil, whoever it is, they put out content that sort of has already weeded out that bad information. And then they develop the content on the Discord channel, which by the way, is so amazing. I, when I joined WinDaily, they mentioned Discord, and I frankly, I plead ignorance, I didn't know what it was. This Discord channel really tells you how invested the WinDaily members are. They are literally on it at a moment's notice, and they're just constantly updating people, uh, updating their articles. It is such a family environment in that Discord channel and with the WinDaily team in general that like, you kind of you don't really know it until you're there. And then you're like, wow, this is really amazing. This is different than anything I've ever experienced. And I love that. Thank you for bringing up that point. That was what I, I was going to say. Um, I do want to just make one little joke. I, as you were saying, like with the, the Redskins on Thursday night at MetLife Stadium, it always reminds me when people kind of rattle that stuff off of Major League when uh, Bob Uecker is going on and he's like, and he's the best hitter on Thursday nights in the dark when it's after the seventh. You know, I always love when people start rattling that off because you're like, this is completely useless information and you're totally correct. That is what we are do. That's why we're here. We're here to take that information and tell you, don't listen to that. We're good. We have it. We have people like Phil. We have people like Scott Angle. We have people like yourself and Javi and Tenacious D Jones and obviously Jason who kind of understand that aspect of it. So we can take the entertainment. We can give you the entertainment, but we can also give you the important stuff, which is what you were talking about. And yes, I also, I kind of knew what discord was, but I didn't really know what it was. And then when you get into the channel and you see, you can just tag everyone or anyone on the team, JT rocker, anybody yourself, and you answer immediately within minutes, uh, unless it's like, hey, I'm in a meeting. Let me get back to you in a second. Uh, it is incredible what these guys and what you guys are capable of doing and how quickly you're able to answer those questions. And as you said, it's, it's not just, you know, as you were saying before, it's not just, hey, we're here to give you this lineup and now you go play it. It's here's, here's our player pool. Here's what we like. Here's why. Here's why we don't like certain players. And here's the process and the structure and what everything we've done. Now let's talk about it. Now let's have that conversation so you can understand all of these pieces and, hey, maybe you're really hot on a guy. All right, well, how can we then fit that into what we've already created and help you even more along those lines, which I always, always love seeing and Javi and, and Tenacious D. Jones. I haven't unfortunately been here during uh, football season, so I haven't seen be, been able to see you kind of do your thing. And obviously with golf kind of being on pause for a little while now, um, but Masters weekend this year is going to be nuts. It's going to be, um, you know, I can't remember what week the NFL and it's going to be the, the same week as Alabama LSU, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm very, very excited for that week. So a little bit of positive news that I heard uh, a couple days ago with respect to golf. 
is that they're, they're looking to play the Charles Schwab, which I believe is May 21st. So if we can start, and it, again, that's sort of an optimistic timeline, but it's a timeline that the PGA is actually setting. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But if we can start getting sports back, and, and that would be, you know, five, six weeks, um, you know, we're on a pretty good track. And that makes for an amazing back end of the year. I mean, amazing. And, and, and a lot of opportunities to just win, a lot of opportunities to appreciate sports just in general. It's going to be, it's really going to be crazy. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all the content that I produce, but, but you know, just as much, you know, again, David Jones, Javi, Phil, all, all these guys. Um, there's just, you know, Jason, there's so, there's so much to be put out there when sports comes back. And there's so much that we as fans can take advantage of. And, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. I am super excited too. And I kind of want to, I've never heard the story from you on how you actually came in contact with the Wind Daily team and how you actually joined here. And that's always something that I love to touch upon with our incredible writers. So if you don't mind telling that story, that's probably a fun one. So, you know, it's interesting because I I sort of wished I had lived on Twitter three, four, five, six years ago. Um, I was, you know, I'm kind of, kind of an older generation relative to like, let's say, you know, the Davids of the world, um, the hobbies. So I, uh, was sort of new to Twitter as of maybe a year and a half ago in terms of actually producing content. So last year, when I was on CBS Fantasy Football Today, um, when I was mentioned on the Dan Levitard show, and when I actually put my product online with respect to my winning. Now, let me just give you some insight. So I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in about five leagues, but there's three big leagues I've been in for about 20 years. Big leagues. One of those is that Vegas league where we fly there. You know, these kind of high buy-in leagues. So this year, I won all three, okay? And then the, the other two... I, I was in the finals in the fourth one and not in the finals in the fifth one. So I was in four out of five finals. Well, here's the cool part about the three that I won. Two of those three that I won this year, I also won last year. And these are, this is not something I just kind of threw on Twitter without any sourcing. Like these are, I have people that are sort of across all three of those leagues that like, you know, yeah, there, there's, uh, I, I got the proper credit in terms of actually getting, getting it verified. So I put that stuff out there. It was actually David Jones who noticed it. You know, we, we are, our nine to fives are with the same company. And he talked to Jason. Uh, Jason saw some of the stuff that I did on TV with CBS, for example. And he thought, you know, I'd be really good, um, not just from a content standpoint, but also from that, that lifestyle standpoint as well. And, and again, just taking you back to the beginning, I was really excited about that because I actually think the Wind Daily brand is really going to sort of branch out. It's going to have a lot of tentacles, a lot of branches that go in different directions, all, all under the framework of, hey, we want to help you, not just with betting, but with discipline. I mean, I mean, betting, half of betting is discipline. And I actually have a, a DFS golf article. I have these quick hitter, you know, see secrets to PGA success that, that I've been kind of putting out each week during this break. And um, one of them is, is contest entry management. And that's so critical because if you're putting all your money or 80% of your money or 50% of your money in a millionaire maker, well, you know, good luck because, you know, it's, it's really in terms of building your bankroll, it's the, it's the single entry, three max, the cash games, the heads up, you know, the double ups. So anyway, that's an aside, but, but to, to just give you the short answer, David Jones contacted Jason, Jason contacted me. He talked to me about the brand. I was really excited about it. I've tried to kind of put out some, some content there just from, you know, a lifestyle standpoint, but I'm really trying, I'm, I'm admittedly still developing that. And uh, I look forward to doing that in the future. So yeah, it was David and then Jason who reached out to me. That is awesome. And I got the opportunity to talk to uh, David earlier this week. Um, so that episode will probably come out just right before yours. So he is a, uh, he's an awesome dude. So everyone can make sure to go check out that one. He, uh, he's got some funny, he's, he's a funny man. I'll say that he's a funny dude. And uh, I love, I love again, where it's, it's so awesome getting to now 
hang out with all you guys. And, you know, obviously it's, I've been on the serious show for a little while. So I've had the opportunity to chat with you guys in those 10, 15 minute segments, but now getting this opportunity to actually sit down and learn who you are as a person and what you do and how you do it is always very important to me because now, now I can, you know, draw upon some of your stories and some of the stuff you've done. And again, I mean, we touched upon a couple of the things, but you were uh, you world series of poker, man. Like what, <laughs> You are a jack of, I mean, you're a master of all trades at this point. Like, what do you got going on that, like, my goodness, tell me about yeah, that. Like, um, a handicapper, I, I, a better, and a poker player. Let's go. I, you know, I've been, I, I've been referred to as a renaissance man, and I do not reject that title. Um, can I tell you something? Uh, speaking yes. of Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. So if you recall, about three weeks ago, right before the NCAA tournament on, uh, was on, I came on for that 15-minute segment. I think you were producing the show at the time. Um, talking about, um, you know, just, you know, who was going to go far in the tournament and, you know, the, the sleepers and whatnot. Well, I, I have a very just quick, interesting story for you. So at the end of that segment, I literally spent about 90 seconds to maybe two minutes on the University of Richmond, some, you know, obscure A-10 team. And I was like, you know, they really belong in the dance. Joe Lunardi has them outside of his bracket, or excuse me, outside of his, his field of 68. And I really think they're going to do damage in the A-10 tournament and they should be in the tournament even now. So it's funny. Because, and I, this is a ridiculous notion, but I'm taking credit for it anyway, because Joe Lunardi did a virtual bracket um, when he, we all found out that the NCAA tournament, March Madness, wasn't happening. So not only did he have University of Richmond in the bracket all of a sudden, after having them out before my segment, I understand he wasn't listening probably, but I am going to take credit. I'm going to assume that Joe was somehow filtered my information to him. So not only did he have him in his field of 68, when he played out the virtual March Madness bracket, guess how far University of Richmond made it? To the final four. That's awesome. So I am taking credit for the University of Richmond, my 90-second rant about how they should be, and I'm taking credit for them making it to the final four in Joe Lunardi's virtual bracket. Back to your question. My, oh, I, it, I, I get credit for that, right, Michael? The spiders, right? Richmond spiders? The spiders, Let's yes. go, man. Let's go. I, I will record. have to. Next year, uh, before I fill out my brackets so I can crush my family, I will, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll make sure to have you on that show again, man. How's that sound? Maybe have them winning the A-10 next year in your, in your prop bet action. And for the record, UVA is going to be really good next year as well. Uh, back to your original question, the World Series of Poker. So, again, I, this 20-year timeline is, is pretty consistent. I've been playing uh, poker probably since the year 2000, 2001. The short of it is, I've just been an avid poker player. We have a home game here in where I am in Fort Lauderdale. I'm not as avid in that now, but in 2017, I decided to kind of tackle one of my sort of bucket list items and go off to Vegas by myself and uh, play the World Series of Poker main event. And I got in there and day one, I um, didn't do so well. I, my 50,000 chips was knocked down to about 15,000. Frankly, I played like a rookie. I played I had a bad table image. I just wasn't very good. There were a lot of pros at my table, and that's sort of the luck of the draw. Day two, I changed my table image, and I started dominating everybody at the table, in particular the chip leader. And I made it to day three, and then I made it to day four. I cashed. And, uh, you know, I didn't get super far. My, my pocket fives got cracked by Ace King, by some, uh, some uh, uh, European professional, but that happens. And um, that's the story. I, I will be going back. In fact, Jason and I were just having this conversation that within the next three years, both Jason and I, plan to play in the main event so that's going to be sort of another um box to check for the both of us but no it was super intense i loved it i'll tell you before each day because i was sort of low in chip count each day uh and i know this you know this you know might, might work for some people might not work for others i listen to motivational stuff before each day to get my my mind right and i'm telling you it worked like a charm sometimes i use this stuff when i'm working out because i'm 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm avid in that as well. But, um, you know, the motivational stuff, the positivity, the, the, the good energy coming like before you get into that stressful 11, 12 hour environment daily, it really helped. And it's something I, I really recommend, whether it's Tony Robbins or something on YouTube or anything in between. Um, I, I highly recommend, um, you know, kind of centering yourself when you're in those stressful environments. Absolutely. And it's always important. Uh, you know, I, I believe in the mind, the body and the soul all being connected. Um, and you will perform better if you're mentally at a higher uh, vibration and altitude, you know, you're, you're, you're performing better. If you're stressed, if you're anxious, you're probably not going to perform as well as if you were in a calm state of mind or an excited, um, you know, as you said, motivated place. So you brought up a couple things. So some motivation, again, you, you want, you, we want to talk about the lifestyle aspect of it too, but the table image, tell me a little bit about exactly what you mean when you say that and, and how that was able to, again, kind of propel you from, you know, almost getting knocked out that first day to even making it to the fourth day. So the first day, because mostly because of my nerves and mostly because I was just, I was just ignorant to the whole scene. You know, you think, you know, and then you get there and you're yeah. like, okay. So, so what happened with me was I was the gregarious, Hey, I'm happy to be here guy. Like, Oh, what did you have that hand? And, and really the pros, they, they shut the hell up and they take their time. They're very deliberate with their action being very deliberate and slow with your action, whether it's a raise or, you know, calling or whatever it is. It's actually kind of scary when you, when you see the same uh, automated motion every time and they've got the sunglasses and the hoodie and all this stuff. And here I am, the smiley guy, like I'm trying to like make friends with everybody. And it hurt me because people started to realize at, in that moment that I was weak and they started picking me off. And I would, I would bet out with, you know, top pair and a weak kicker and somebody would come over top and I'd be like, oh, geez, I don't know. Meanwhile, they probably had nothing, but they sensed that I wasn't going to be a strong player. So week two, believe it or not, I know this sounds ridiculous. I put the hoodie on. I put it up. I had my baseball cap, RIP 21 for Sean Taylor under that. I was in the mode and I was, I was the guy at the table that looked like he was the unhappiest person at the table. I started picking people off. I started check raising so much so that I started to get action that I wouldn't have gotten if I was the gregarious guy. And I'll give you an example. The guy who finished seventh in the 2007 main event, he started to sort of like try to joke with me to get, get me off my, my table image and I wasn't having it. So I just, I just wouldn't smile back at him. I was just stone cold face. So we get into a hand, I happen to get pocket aces and I'm, I had been raising so much. So this guy, he's trying to like pick on me back because he doesn't like the, you know, sort of the attitude I'm projecting. And he raises me post flop. I re-raise him and he just assumes I have nothing because I've been pushing people around and he goes in with mid pair and like a gut shot straight draw and he loses and I double up. So all of a sudden my 15,000 chip lead, which by the way had grown to like 35,000 at that point, all of a sudden I had 70, 80,000 in chips because this table image that I was projecting, it was like either pissing people off or was having people sort of succumb to my bets, to my, my check raises and things of that nature. So it worked like a charm and it really got me going into day three and it really it really built my confidence frankly and i think it's really impressive that you were able to do that you know make that mental attitude adjustment in a single day um you know that's if if you're going in one day smiling happy and yeah even if you do bad you still made it out of the day right it's like it's not like you you did bad enough to get knocked out of that first day so you could see someone you know, hey, maybe, you know, we'll try it again. Let's see what happens. But you made the adjustment essentially on the fly. Um, you know, you grabbed that Sean Taylor hat and you rocked with it. So with some assistance, I'll tell you, you know, I, I spoke earlier about sort of finding your friends. Who, who, are, who are the positive friends? Who are the guys that are going to kind of improve your life? I had a few guys that were really tracking me throughout the tournament. And these were like really good poker players too. So they were sort of giving me advice. One in particular told me to sort of change my table image and 
he actually was scouting who was at my table because you can kind of get a, a 411 on who's sitting at your table and he was giving me advice on that. So I had a lot of, a lot of friends and, and I said it earlier, you know, and I'll tell you, especially during this time of coronavirus and this pandemic and people are, I hate to say it, you know, but people are already losing jobs. People are going to lose jobs. People are losing money. Like you really need to, you really need to sort of be introspective. Everybody needs to be introspective and start finding the friends that are rooting for your success as much as you're rooting for theirs. Because I'm telling you, if you surround yourself with those types of people, you are going to be successful because they're going to help you along the way. Not because they're literally helping you necessarily, but because they're injecting that positivity back in your life. That's going to carry you to the next step, to the next step, to the next job, to the next, you know, whatever it is. And so I had a lot of people and I'll tell you that world series of poker main event. It was one of those moments and I've had a few where I kind of found out who my friends were because there were people who were sort of celebrating me and, and really like, man, that is awesome. And I could feel that that's, they were feeling it as if they were the ones that were sitting in the seat cashing on day four. I could literally feel that. And then there was the people who sort of ignored it and didn't really think it was a big deal. And I'm like, man, if you know me at all, you know, this is a really big deal to me. And so it was almost like I could separate, I could kind of like, you know, part the seas and figure out who are my sort of casual friends. Yeah, I still like you, but you're not really the guy that's gonna make my life better. And who are the friends that are like constantly like pushing me forward? And I found that out at that main event uh, in one instance. And, and I really think during this pandemic time, you really need to find out who those guys are, who those girls are that are kind of like lifting you up to the next platform. It's so important. It's so important. Completely agree. And I love how in the beat, that's one of the first things you said in this conversation. It's going to be one of the last things you said in this conversation is the fact that, you know, surround yourself with people that take pride in you and you can take pride in them and can celebrate successes. I think that that's so, so important. So last, last thing I do want to talk about, I know we only have a couple more minutes is how do you win daily outside of sports, right? We've been talking about this lifestyle aspect. We've been talking about a lot of obviously poker and, and gambling and, and all the, you know, DFS obviously. And, but what do you do outside of sports to make sure that that discipline is on point to make sure that you're living your best life, being motivated by these people? What are you doing that doesn't really, you know, make that connection, but obviously has influence on the rest of your life. And obviously the influence on, you know, how well you create lineups and things of that nature. So, you know, two things come to mind. One is, and you could, I hope you can hear it in my voice. One is I'm just super passionate about what I'm passionate about. And I know that sounds like, okay, of course you're, but I am, you can hear it in my voice, whether it's motivating people, whether it's uplifting people, which is, I guess, the same thing, whether it's daily fantasy sports or just sports in general, I'm super passionate about it. I, I really invest, you know, everybody has time and commitments. I have two small kids. I'm, you know, I'm married. I have two dogs. Listen, you, like Jason Mizrahi said, you can carve out the time and you, you guys talked about it. You can wake, wake up 25 minutes early. Whatever it takes to really invest in that thing that you're passionate about, you got to find a way to do it. And hopefully if you have a significant other, they understand where you're coming from in that respect. So they're going to give you that time. So passion is one thing. And frankly, early in my career, or I guess, you know, whether it was as an attorney or in you know, sports betting or DFS. I was more afraid to take chances than I am now. And I think that's the biggest advice I could impart on people from a quote, win daily standpoint, is you cannot be afraid. Now, listen, uh, uh, you know, th there's, there's chances that are calculated and risks that are calculated and there's risks that are just kind of like, you know, dumb. And you gotta be able to decipher between the two. But if you are afraid to take chances, if you are afraid to reach out to that person that, that might be able to help you, if you are afraid to, you know, uh, tackle such, you know, whatever dream is, 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 you know, there for the tackling. If, if you think, well, that's just not for me. That's not something like, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's for somebody else. It's for somebody. So you need to be that somebody. 
So in terms of Win Daily, I have started to like take more chances, more calculated risks, um, reach out to people, sur- try to surround myself with people that are going to help me. And so, you know, being passionate, being disciplined, like you said, you know, whether it's sports betting or daily fantasy sports, um, really finding the right bet to make um, and not, you know, spreading yourself too thin. That's really important. And again, being passionate is, is key, you know, in, you know, and we're all passionate about something. So, you know, figure it out, take the chance, don't hesitate because the more chances you take, the more opportunities you will have to be successful. hundred percent. And I appreciate that. And I totally agree. I, my favorite thing to do, and this is why I have, you know, three different podcasts that I do now is I love listening to people who are passionate about anything. I don't care what they're passionate about. You can hear it in their voice. You can take that energy. You can utilize it. Uh, I always have this funny story. I was in finance for a couple of years and I was sitting down with someone who ran some, uh, some mutual fund at like Franklin Templeton or whatever. And I had no idea what this guy was talking about. It was way over my head. I was like 21, just out of college. And it, I, it was one of the most engaged conversations or the most engaged talks that I've ever listened to because he was so passionate about every aspect of what he was doing. And I loved it. And that's why I wanted to start something like this and talk to people like you who are passionate about DFS, who are passionate about winning daily inside and outside of sports, which I think is absolutely fantastic. So let's see if I can get it. See ya, Najad. That's it. Bang. You got let's it. Go. You killed where, it. Can, where can everyone find you online, Sia? So it's pretty simple. It's just my name. It's at Sia Najad. That's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D at Sia Najad on Twitter. Fantastic. Win Daily Fantasy Sports Writer, 20-year fantasy vet, all-around incredible guy. Thank you so much for your time today, man. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. It's good to be on.